episode 60. We have the pleasure of hosting. Hosting. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. Get the Philly out of there. Yo, second roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't see you there. <laughs> episode 60. It took us almost a year to get this man into our podcast. Did you know that? Damn, yeah. that's a long ass time. He's a busy man. He is a busy man. Nikki DeBaba. Right. So this man owns how many barbershops did he say he owned? Eleven barbershops. Might have been eleven. There was like twenty eight, thirty employees. He's got a charity. Right? Yeah, it has an academy. Academy teaching young barbers or all barbers of all ages. Right. He almost solved this Rubik's Cube. That was insane. With literally just looking at it. Mm-hmm. I can't even do that. I don't I don't know what that is. Dude, it was a good podcast, dude. Episode sixty was Brought the smoke. Yeah, touched on a lot of good things. A lot of, uh, you know, go-getters, uh, people that have a sense of urgency, people that care. You could just, like, hear the passion. You know, he's very passionate about what he does. Yeah, and it's not just, like, cutting. It's, like, the trade mm-hmm. of barbering. Yeah. That man art. is, like, preserving it the way it used to be. It's got a collection of, like, I don't even remember how many chairs he said, but he literally just drives around and collects old barber chairs so that they don't go out of style. Like he just like keeps them because he's planning on growing his business that big that he's going to need them in the future. And I, I love when people talk like that, but also like live like that. So mm-hmm. Nikki DeBaba, episode 60. Get it. No prisoners podcast. After five media Studios episode two in the studio. This is episode sixty. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So that's it. It's, I mean, it's a legit tattoo. I mean, I wish I had a nickname like Nikki DeBaba. <laughs> yeah, well, it's when when your tattoo artist gives it to you, you can't. You know, it doesn't <laughs> get any more natural than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, he did tattoo for his brother too. Yeah, oh, Scott yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah Scott nice. did a tattoo for my brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, over Christmas he fit him in. And then Andrew's actually thinking about getting the Bitcoin tattoo on his ankle. So, yeah, my my fellow big <laughs> Bitcoin brother, uh, Colin. Yeah, Yerkins. You ever God. you ever play with Bitcoin? Do you ever do that? No, uh, I don't even know much about it. That's John's thing now. Yeah, Bitcoin and base. Well, Somebody just <laughs> told, well, yeah, well, it keeps going up, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, who knows? We'll see, we'll see what happens, but. We appreciate you coming on. Like, no, uh, I'm glad to be here. We've been trying this for a while. Um, uh, I think all the way. Yeah, it it's like almost been a full year. Yeah, right before the much. pandemic, I think it was. Yeah, whenever we they put out those about black it. squares. But uh, I remember I came in. You were like one of the few barbershops to be open. And uh, and like I went in there and saw you in there. I was like, hey, man, like maybe maybe come on the podcast. Called Did Andrew. you come in during the pandemic? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, yeah, so. I think your assistant or like one of the younger guys cut my hair there. You were like messing around in the back. Like it was only you and him and like I think a girl dying hair back in there. Yeah, we well, you know, a very wealthy client of mine. Uh, as the pandemic hit, we we closed down for quite some time, and he told me that no matter what, you never let the money flow stop, even if it trickles. A trickle's better than it's stopping. Right. And yeah. there was only a few of us uh, at the shop at the at at an undisclosed location cutting hair 
Um, and uh, we had to keep the trickle going because there was very, you know, very difficult to keep the overhead and everything else, you know, going. So I no. mean, you have, you have a lot of different operations and locations and things that you had to think Dude, about. Dude, this guy, this guy during yeah. the pandemic, Nikki would like drive around in his barber van and hand out checks to people. Because you were still paying the guys during, like, the whole thing. Yeah, so, yep, 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 we were paying the guys, and then we um, we came off strong during the pandemic <laughs> and um, and uh, did a uh, major strikeout at uh, one point in time, so we can talk about that later. Nah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of up to you. Mute, mute that part out. Well, hey, you know what? It's, it's uh, you know, it's part of the past, but. It's, um, you know, a learning curve. So, right, you know, coming into the pandemic, uh, we were doing the pizzas and we were giving out gift cards and we were handing out. Um, the barbers were owed uh, paychecks uh, from previous work. And then because of our some of our growing pains in the past, when barbers came on board, their tips were backdated as they mm-hmm. would get on the payroll. So, like, if you started and you're cutting hair and only making a couple bucks a week, we didn't put you on payroll. It, it wasn't um, feasible for them, right, to to be on the books immediately. So we would let them, we would pay them cash, give them a check, 1099, but they would get their cash tips for the week. So when we put them on the paycheck, they would stop because they would have to catch up to the other barbers. So we had 25 grand, 30 grand owed to the barbers in tips. It was always just this cycle of money, right? And it was okay. Right. They always knew it. We everyone knew what they were owed because it was backlogged. But it was our for our CFO. It was always a pain in the butt going back two to three weeks or four weeks for certain barbers. So we said, you know what, we're gonna pay them. So we continued to pay them their back tips during COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a couple, one guy or one girl could be a couple bucks or 200 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it was. But it was a trickle effect of them being able to receive some monies that were that were due to them anyway. So there was a lot of good things that came out of that. But then, you know, again, we were out with the bus and handing out checks and trying to keep the vibe going, you know. Just you, had a, you had a strong-ass vibe coming into the pandemic. Like, yeah. You guys were opening up places but it wasn't like you were opening up places slowly it was like you were opening up only when they were ready and you'd put full into it you'd hold the opening and then boom you'd open and you'd have like five busy barbers cutting hair right away like yep mm-hmm. um so if any of the listeners don't really know like who nikki the baba is that's his instagram handle nikki um, the baba but you have how many locations now um we have seven brick and mortars. We have the bus, and um, today uh, we just bought a barber shop in uh, Panama, Florida, or Pompeia, Pompeia, Florida. It's like thirty minutes north of Boca Raton. So we've been eyeballing this up, and uh, we made the verbal agreement on the phone today via FaceTime, which is a beautiful thing when you can FaceTime people. So we are going down in March to uh, solidify that deal. And then we are um, in uh, works of Harleysville and now Shelfont, right right out in front of Target World and Shelfont. They have a location that we've been talking to. So it'll be 11, 11 shops and yeah. a mobile barbershop bus. Yeah. Doug's, yeah. Doug's barbershop's going out of business. 
No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. It's a different no, clientele. You know I'm gonna, Doug Trombino. You know I'm going to No, not, not a, Doug. Not the, the other know, place is shall fun. No, the other place is shall fun. No, 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 not your... <laughs> Holy shit. No, I was talking about Doug's and Shalfon. <laughs> I was like literally like, oh, we're going to go down that road. Yeah, yeah. They're down the street, um, <laughs> respectfully, no. a good distance away. Yeah. So, That's you know, good, though. Yeah, we're uh, we're not there to put anybody out of business. <laughs> Different clientele. But you have also an academy, right? Like, explain, like, how that works. So, I mean, I guess just a quick little history of the barbershops, right? We opened up in 2008. And um, we started off in a small two two chair shop, and um, we had a few clients see something that we didn't see, something special, and they were uh, mature in their business and saw um, an opportunity to duplicate or replicate this this uh, barber shop. They traveled from a distance, and they had recommended a business coach. So just kept doing what we were doing and wanted to grow this business off of passion and energy at 24 years old. Like we're just going to love everyone and love hair and that's how we're going to grow. And, um, with the, the business coach being recommended, um, I had no idea, you know, what that was and what it looked like. So we, um, ventured off with uh, a consultation or whatever. And, um, little did I know my uncle, was a business coach. So for years I would go to family events and he would ask me all these questions and where are you going? How are you going to get there? And he never had an answer uh, never rebuttaled me, just listened. And then one day I was telling him about this business coach and he said, you know, that's really what I do for a living. So we had conversation and um, my uncle, we didn't want to dilute family right family right. was important we didn't want to cross those lines with business and personal and he was the other know. chair in the first shop is that what you're saying what's that your uncle or he he no i was telling him about i was recommended mm. a business coach so he said listen why don't i put a you know we had a deep conversation he put a proposal together and it was 1500 dollars a month and i was that was a lot for me then so I ended up like wasn't he gave me books to read and and assignments and like my mission statement like an audit of my business and I wasn't doing things at times and I was meeting with him and he said look kid I'm getting paid either way so you're either going to show up to these meetings and you're going to show up with like your mental you know mind in the game and you're going to do the work that I'm giving you because it's for your benefit and until that moment I was like didn't realize what I was doing. Like I wasn't investing myself, right? But why did it benefit me to do the work that he was asking me to do or assigning me to do? So got serious. Cause I'm like, I'm paying this guy. Like he got paid no matter what, if right. I didn't show up to a meeting cause I wanted to sleep in or was being lazy, whatever it may be, or too busy, he got paid. So that's when things started getting serious where we got the business coach and implemented these systems and processes. We started to realize, you know, what was our asset? I thought it was my barber, but he explained or asked me certain questions that led me to believe that my customer is my number one priority, right? So our organization functions off of customer, team, and organization. The customer's first, the team's second, and the organization is last. Did you, did you set up the school because in order to fuel your organization, you felt the need to start from the beginning? with every individual that you hired and you felt that like 
in order to go through and, you know, train them all, you might as well, like, perfect that process in order to make your business as streamlined as possible. So to go back to John's question where, you know, I got off the track, we did the apprentice program Mm -hmm. where it was like you taught a student once a month or once a week on a Monday. The apprentice program was 15, 18, 20 months. It was free. You don't charge people in the state of Pennsylvania to teach them the apprentice program. So we would teach people and they would leave. Like, thanks for my hours, written off to the state, and they would literally roll. Oh, shit. Like, whammo. Never see them again. Like, yeah, I'll find No return. Like, yeah. out. You know? And it was like, wow, literally. So the school was the evolution of what we had. We had to open up the school. So we planned for a school in our timeline with our coach in 2008, we planned for our school to happen in 2018. We were off by a year or two, whatever, like, right? But we had a timeline of how many barber shops we needed, how many barbers we needed to be able to get to this barber shop from or day, the barber from school. From day one, you had that strat- that overarching strategy. That probably changed, but... It's, it, the dynamic, the, the tracks, the footprint to get there changed because there was things that were unexpected um you know uh, employees left uh we had to shut down and relocate a location or two so um but we knew where we were going and we were going to do what it took to get there yeah i think that's i think that's important to highlight that you had some sort of roadmap or plan and you had a destination or a goal that you were striving towards all the time um People people do that with us all the time, or at least toward to my face or to me. They'll be, they like they don't think that there's any sort of like plan. Like they think that we're just running in eight million directions all at once. And I'm like, no, we have like a a strategy here. And I don't think I don't think that I think people start out too soon. At least in the construction business, <coughs> a lot of the guys that start out and they're like, well, I'm going out on my own. They they really just think like they want the freedom of being able to like be on their own there's no like strategy or implementation of like where you need to go to be successful it's like i'm just gonna be construction yeah like is that like is your business like that with barbers where people don't really plan as well or there's like not that education yes there's the maybe that's not the in in the barber industry uh ideally or or typically you have predominantly men um uh, you know Modern male has uh, grown in our you know, demographics and you know who's employed by us and you know whatever. But there's a pride, and you get that guy that's like, you know, I'm only getting X Y Z percent or paid X Y Z. Well, I can do that. I can, I can open up a barber shop. I can open physically open in the morning and close it down at night. But what they don't realize is that a hundred percent now is your responsibility. You know, like the accounting and uh, I paid well over six figures and mistakes in the first five to six years of my business where, you know, it was like expensive, very expensive, like aha moments of like, I'm not going to do that again, but I already paid for it. You know, like there's a lot of things that now I know that I would avoid and even now know that when I was 24, when I opened up my first shop, I would have done differently, you know, but yeah, we get that a lot, you know, guys, um, leave, want to do their own thing, but then they very quickly realize a year or two later, wow, you know, this is a lot and they either shut down or go work for somebody else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We see that a lot. 
<clears throat> for sure. I don't think people realize how much work it is to start your own business. Like the hundred, you be, you um you end up working harder probably for your own business than you would if you worked for somebody else, right? Because you're you're you want to you have a baby, you have to grow it, and like as you know, like even ten, twelve years into business, like a pandemic hits, you're like you're you know you're like I don't know, like you know, can we sustain what we got? But thank God you made it through because I think you're you know you just opened up a place in Doylestown, but. Back to the academy, I, I had a question. Like, if, if someone goes through your school, right, like, it's how long is that program? The barber program is 10 and a half months. It's, um, you know, by law, state state board of barbering, it's 1,250 hours. And in that 1,250, there's a certain amount of hours dedicated to uh, haircuts, uh, straight razor shaves, perms, you know, color relaxer or uh, color, um, you know, application, chemical, you know, um, the um, infectious control chapter four in our book is the most important. You know, that during that pandemic, we had I had meetings with uh, Levine, uh, Governor Wolf's, you know, sidekick face to face on Zoom with a bunch of other uh, barbers and, and, and school owners in the country or in Pennsylvania. And that's infectious control is the number one chapter for us. Right. You know, it's the first thing that you learn, right. like, you know, blood spills. And, you know, there's a lot that you have to do to protect your patron. You know, if you're seeing 10, 15 patrons a day, you know, you're putting a, a cloth on them, your cut cape on them, you have to use the Sanex, you have to disinfect and sanitize things. Like, and they're telling us that we're not safe at that particular time and moment. Like, it's one of the safest places to be, to be in is a barbershop or a, a, a salon, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that that's just a case where big government or, like, just someone making the rules doesn't understand that particular micro of an industry, right? They didn't understand all that, and then, but they make big sweeping decisions for everybody, and it it literally affects every business different, and it's just the it's the inefficiencies of like how the government does things. But. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you know, getting into Big Brother government, I think that unfortunately, the the this country hasn't seen something like this in a very long time, and I preach not being a victim. You know, I preached that to my family. I preached that to my staff. And at one point, I allowed myself to be a victim, right? The government shut us down. Okay, you know, am I upset about it, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen in life that upset us. But how how, how do we deal with that? Are we going to grow from it? Are we going to work through it and not be a victim? And what was me, you know, um, I, I did some things that weren't the best uh, with our social media. I abused a bit of our platform in my personal opinion when it came to some of the, um, you know, political people. Incendiary statements and stuff like that. Or yeah, I mean, I blasted Governor Wolf and I had a few people call me out respectively like, yo, dude, you're, you're playing with fire and, you know, this is a platform that you shouldn't be on. Like, you want to you wanna say things, go to your, like, you know, go go scream into a pillow. Um, <laughs> so You okay over there? Yeah, I'm just adjust- adjusting my mic at the, if anybody here. I'm, just, um, I'm not farting. Kind of sounds like I'm definitely not farting. The, uh, um, was it your own, like, call that, like, people, like, you trusted or was it, like, employees or yeah it was well actually my uncle uh len who is uh my business coach uh more power right. marketing uh, I'll, I'll give him a shout out because it was you know we are where we are today because of a big part of him and his coaching uh he called me up 
you know, personally and said, you know, I'm telling, like, you know, as your uncle and as your business coach, you know, I'm telling you right now you should back off. And I told him to go bleep himself. So then it was just, uh, I just kept digging this, like, deeper hole and people were really turned off by it because modern male barber shops provide a safe place for people. All characters welcome is our is a big motto of ours. We don't care who you are or what you are. This is a place for, you know, fathers and sons and moms to bring their children and, and be safe and not have to worry about the political and all the garbage that's going on. It's to come and be still and be quiet and experience the barbershop, experience the camaraderie of people and not hear you, you hear things in the barbershop. We're not going to dismiss certain conversation, but it's know your audience, know your room, be respectful when need to be. But on the social media platform, I was sending out a wrong message. The message that I was sending out was not what Modern Mail is, you know. So that's where people uh, uh, who I respect were challenging me, and, and I was not, I didn't hear it. How long did it take you to, like, realize what you had done was a mistake? Um, whatever, June 27th, <laughs> whatever that black, um, you know, the, the black box thing was, was that, was that was the end just, of it. That was like the pinnacle of it. So or was that the start of it? No, that was where I know, uh, I probably should have kind of, that's where you went too far. Checked myself in somewhere, um, for a couple of days <laughs> because of, um, for me, what I know, what I did now with this pandemic, I, I was going in bullheaded and we were conquering this and I was coming out a better man, like for myself, not my business, the, the pizza, the gift cards that doesn't, that's helping other people. But I was doing that because I had to stay busy and, and I got turned upside down. I've never watched the news in my life. I don't watch the news. I don't listen to social media. And I went into a dark place because you know, I took my mind off of, you know, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading my Bible. I, I became fixated on the world and things that I've never allowed in my life before. And when I started to fixate on these different things and the, the negativity and people are burning houses down and, and, and businesses down. And I'm like, I got 12, 13 years invested into this thing. And then I'm hearing about people coming to the Lansdale area um, and, and they're just not going to stop uh, at, um, you know, carrying on what was going on. I was like, this ain't happening here. And I was in a very bad place of just, you know, not disciplined anymore. You know, I took my, 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 that, that goal that I had, I got goals for 2030 right now. I'm opening up a jazz club in Philadelphia one day. I want to have certain things for myself and, and that has nothing to do with barbering, right? We have a property, we have a um, LLC being formed for owning property. We have an LLC being formed for property management. Like it has nothing to do with barbering. You know, it's just the elevation or evolution of what we're doing. So I took, I got, you know, I took my eyes off of that, the prize and was like, this ain't happening. So that's when it like just went sour. You know, it was, it was negative. Nothing was, you know, you're, you're talking about being stripped of, you know, what you built for however many years, you know? 
Mm. So it was, uh, you know, not the funnest time. But I think a lot of people can relate to that sentiment, though. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't go as hard as you did, <laughs> but I said some things. And I had a couple people reach out to me, and some of them I brushed off. The one dude, I, I called him, and I was like, look, I was like, let me understand your per- point of view. You have three kids. You work for a company that's laid you off. You know, how are you going to pay for things, man? Like, what's your what's your plan? Like, you're calling me out for being aggressive, saying, like, we're not going to stop working. We're not going to, like, give up. We're not going to, like, just let it roll over us. And you're calling me out for that? Like, I'm calling you out for not doing anything. And we had words out. And, like, we haven't talked since then. But I know, like, when he looks at me, he and, like, like inarguably and this isn't arrogance or anything other than just facts like my life is in a better place than his ever will be and like even if he's listening to this i'll say it to his face like your your mentality of just like letting the situation just be like oh this is the situation man like you you i was looked at as like being an asshole for like not being a bitch about the situation <laughs> in my opinion and i was like so put off by that i'm like D- like i don't have kids like, I was like, you have kids. Like, you should relate to this idea that, like, you're not going to let somebody threaten you or somebody dictate your environment in this way. And, like, that was when, like, that that's when, like, the kind of turning point for me in the year was where I was like, dude, I kind of feel like there's, like, this separation in people aside from, like, politics and things like that where there are some people that are like, hey, somebody's going to come save us. And then there's other people. It's like, fuck that. We're going to figure this out. And you know, move to higher ground. I like think it, there's just like, there was like that weird separation around that time. Yeah. I, th- I think you can be separated in like maybe like two different categories. Like you have the antagonist FU mentality of like, I'm doing this no matter what. But then you also have the protected protectivism of like, you have your children, you have your business, it's your baby. It's like, you know, you were thinking about like maybe the riders coming in and you have a beautiful storefront in your Lansdale location. Like, you know, are they going to destroy not destroy your business, but they're going to symbol, you know, like destroy that symbol of your, of your business and break it down. Like, you know, there's that, there's that fight or flight. Like when your kids are in trouble, your business is in trouble, you fight. Right. And so like those emotions are tough. And, but we've, we definitely have like a much edgier side to us than most home builders for sure. Like most, like other businesses, not just home building. Yeah. I was but like business. Like we do a lot of businesses, but like we're definitely edgier and mo- much more opinionated people. But what I hear that comes back to us is like, you know, even if like Andrew says something fucking crazy, like he does, people would be like, look, like I don't agree with you guys, <laughs> but you guys have like a really good product. And so like, I can put everything to the side. Like your guys' opinions, your opinions, you guys do nice work. Like it doesn't really matter. So, well, yeah, like I hope, edginess, pe- I hope that people see like in the same, the same way with him, like you, I've never gotten a haircut by any one of your guys. I've never been in one of your places, but like I've seen how you've conducted yourself on social media. I know how you speak. I hear how other people speak about you that like there's regardless of like, if I don't agree with you, there's a relative assumption that I can make that he probably, he probably does good business. Yeah. So like when, when I do that, like I'm assuming, or I'm taking for granted that like, you might not agree with me, but you're going to hopefully look at what I'm either doing in business or what I'm saying. And it's going to like make you think a little further. Like I don't need people to agree with me. I usually, I'm just saying things to be like, Hey, has anybody even thought about this? Yeah. Like where we're at? 
<laughs> or like this is where I'm at. Like but I'm over here fighting for like he's fighting for his land sale loca- like his land sale location, which like some people are like, oh well, that's just a place, and it's like, well, no, it's more than a place. It's it's like a symbol. It's like you're you, you can't just say like your home is just a place. Like if I came to your house and was like, hey, I'm gonna burn your house down, somebody would be like, no, I'm gonna defend it. And it's like, well, why are you defending it? It's because it's a symbolic to you and in like internally to you, like that's, it's important for you to preserve that place. 100%. And then I also think that the edginess, like from that edge, that little wild card or edginess in business, I actually think grows leaps and bounds because it's a, it's a magnification of like personality. And if you have a strong personality and you have a clear direction where you're going, you don't let people get in your way. It's like, you know what? You may not agree with me, but get out of my way. And you don't... You have backbone. I guess that's what it is. Like, I'm so tired of the politically correct. Like, you can't say that you're going to piss off future customers. Like, you know what? If I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. Like, it's 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 a business, and, and maybe I was wrong on it. You definitely, probably, in my opinion, coming out of that, doing what you, like, you're probably stronger now than you were. So, in reality, was it a mistake? I don't know. Like, it made you... It made you... It, it made you... It circled you back into discipline. Yeah. Yes. So is that God, like, I'm not much of a religious person, but is that God's path telling, like, that was your your moment of, like, snap out of it. You're a shark, you're a killer, continue killing, but you're going to feel some pain for what you did. You know, like, I don't know, like, non-edgy people never make it in the world. Like, you got to you gotta stand for something. You, 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 have, you have to stand for something, and you have to also, what I have found, um, it's brought me closer to other people that our opinions were different. Our, our political views were different. Um, we had conversation that was never had before. So it opened up um, a lot of doors and a lot of conversation for me. And it was, again, you can have your opinions. Um, the way I went about doing what I did was not one who I am as a human being, like provoking violence in the sense like I was like look if you come here this is what's going down and you don't you you can have that opinion defend your castle but do you do you air that out on social media when you're a platform of come get a haircut be happy enjoy yourself that was like what is this dude talking about right like that's where it got super diluted and people were I had people who were clients for years, and they were just like, "Dude, what? What? That's not modern mail. Like, what is that? What? What just happened?" So, again, I think the biggest thing is um, epic failure um, in in some of the pandemic. But how do you redeem yourself? How do you, you know, instead of hiding in a rock and being ashamed, it's like, how do I um, go forward? I had I I had multiple conversation with employees. Um, I asked them for their forgiveness because I misrepresented them, you know, right. straight up. And it, that brought you closer to probably a lot of them. It did, and it it was um, you know we can all get on our high horse at times, and it was something that I definitely think um, brought me back down with humility, and brought me back to what is the mission? You know, why are we here? What does Modern Mouse stand for? You know, and it pointed me back to the mission. And we are stronger because of that. You know, the guys that did stay. We lost barbers. A couple barbers decided to leave. Um, that was this because thing. Of, because of that one incident? Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I Yeah. I it mean, is what it is. was there some things you that s- were leading up to that? Look, a lot of people got a lot of money that, you know, 
I got, I, you know, guys are playing with Bitcoin and they're now in day investors or whatever, things I didn't even know existed. <laughs> like, you know, you got 12 grand, 13 grand now, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm, I'm a day trader. And I'm like, really? Uh, with 12 grand, 13 grand? You know, like, okay, well, I wish you the best, you know. Um, it's, Did you have to, were there some employees that were about to leave that you had to, like, talk them and bring them back? Yeah. Yeah, I had to um, humble myself uh, in a big way. And, um, again, like I said, you know, I misrepresented, uh, the brand and, and those particular employees. So there were guys that were definitely like, Hey man, I appreciate you reaching out. And what's funny is, you know, we talk about reaching out for help and, uh, you know, I'm a very prideful person. Uh, I'm, I'm 24 seven. I work seven days a week and, um, I probably needed help. I probably needed to talk to somebody and, I just kept going, and a week before that, I had a staff meeting, and told these guys like, "We're gonna, we're doing good, you know. Keep just posting and keeping it positive." And like, you literally did the complete opposite. Just like they were like, I mean, what? Like, just it was insanity. It, it literally was insanity. I think I just was in a dark place for a couple of days. Um, you know. My brother was, like, trying to talk me off a ledge, like, dude, you got to, like, chill. And it was like a freight train ready to explode. And, you know, everybody's handled the pandemic, and I think that the biggest thing is for your listeners or anybody, you know, you got to dust off your boots, lace them up, and, and get back to work no matter what or how the pandemic was. I mean, this is something that, again, I think our country has never experienced, or at least in, you know, my grandparents are 92 years old. They've never experienced anything I don't, like this. I think with the way social media is and the Big Brother and this and like the and the the amount of data that they're harvesting from us, I don't know if anybody's ever experienced this. I mean, every generation has harvesting. They're harvesting, <laughs> but I would say, I'm gonna adjust my microphone. I would again. say for one like quick thing, without you posting what you posted, I never would have gone in there and gotten a haircut that day or like that week or whatever, and then we never would have been here, and then you may never have like just inspired somebody to like go apologize to someone that like you never know who's listening like the person listening could that's what i'm saying like everything is for a reason call their like estranged daughter up they haven't talked to in like 30 years and be like i'm sorry like you might like someone listening to this podcast may do that and it's like you know what you were the better man and admitted your mistakes which is probably harder to do than hiding and and i think that's really cool so like you know not to like harp on what you did, but I think it's really cool. Like you telling me that story, I was hoping we were going to hear the story today. John's going to get down on one knee soon and propose. propose. But I'm no, just you, saying. But yeah, you know. humility is a big, um, you know, servant leadership is something that we um, we run our business off of servant leadership. We serve our customers and we serve our employees. And you know, you have to admit when you're wrong. Sometimes you know, it's just. It doesn't make it right what you did, but you have to apologize. And I've made mistakes running this business. I've done things that I thought were the best, um, and maybe they weren't. And and there were times when I hit quicksand or or hit a rock and I had to back up. And I think most people that I have found who are successful, there is a a humility in their character. There's, um, you know, hey— that wasn't the right direction. Let's back up instead of just being prideful and keep going and going when they know they're going in the wrong direction, they got to back it up a little bit. And there's people that are following you 
and you got to admit to them, hey, let's turn this ship around. You know, God, a good mentor told me, I have many mentors in my life, biblical mentors, church mentors, uh, 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 you know, I got a, um, a boxing coach, I have a, a weightlifting coach, like, I don't know everything, and I'm not afraid to admit that and say, I need help. So I had a mentor told me, God can't steer a dead ship. So you got to keep it moving. You might not be moving in the right direction at all times, but you got to steer it and turn it around. When you're going in the wrong direction, you keep on going in that wrong direction. It's tough to turn that boat around, you know, when you're going against the tides. So it's been something I've always kept in my personal life and in my business because you can't separate the two. It's one, right? So I don't want to have to turn that ship around and do a 180, you know, I want to just kind of turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it into the right direction. Mm. You know, so you got to keep you got to keep the business on the somewhere on the highway, somewhere yeah. within the and that comes with a cost line. too. You know, back yeah. in the day, we used to hand people white envelopes right at the end of the week. You know, here's your cash. That's what most barber shops do, right? It, it's not easy doing the right thing. That's another thing, like paying your taxes. Right. Everybody's got their transparency with their organization and certain things that don't hit the bank account. You know, you bought the employees pizza or whatever, little things like that. But the more I turned that ship into a direction that was the opposite of the barber industry, the complete opposite of how my traditional barbers raised me. Right. Like, why are you paying your people with uh, a check? You know, the government's going to see that. Well, you're charging $13 for a haircut, and you've been doing it for 40 years. Okay, I want to charge $50 and pay the tax on it and make more money than your $13 haircut because you have inflation and everything else goes up. But it was like this mentality of, um, you know, like, hide the, hide this and hide that. And our apprentice program, I had barbers, OG barbers, like, why are you teaching other barbers? You're teaching competition about to have 11 shops we bought a barber shop in the pandemic because we're doing the right thing but it comes with a great cost and that's going back to what you were saying about people just wanting to open up their own thing or do their own thing they don't understand what comes with that you know it's, it's oh i i didn't when Dude, i started out is everybody that comes out of your academy now do they do they pay you back over time for like their teaching yeah, yeah so we we have a tuition fee um they we allot them um they have to put down a certain amount of money and then we give them in-house financing for 24 months to pay back the remaining balance what so, if what if they leave what if they go to like another shop what happens they still have to they still pay back while well, the academy is on next level contracts you know um mm. all kinds of stuff yeah it's, it's a different ball game. You know, we're we're going for accreditation in Title Four, where students can get loans and grant money from you know the government. Um, so you also have a five hundred one C. You have a charity organization too. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, so my father died of cancer when I was ten, going on eleven, and um, the barber shop was for me to replicate the experience that I would have if I went to the barbershop with my dad, hearing the my dad talk to the barber or hearing my dad kind of hang out with the guys and learning things. So my dad had melanoma cancer, and it could have potentially been detected earlier, but my dad was, you know, this old-school American-Italian, and I'm not going to the doctor. And then he goes to the doctor because he tries to walk up the step, and there's a tumor wrapped around his spine and he thinks 
oh, I have a pinched nerve. Like, this is, like, how ignorant men are when it comes to, like, something ain't right. So then again, he ignores it, and then the pain becomes so much, goes to the hospital. I think within eight months, my father passed away. So grow a pair is our 501c3, and grow a pair is grow a pair before you lose a pair. Go get checked out by the doctor. You got something going on, and the barbershop is one of the most prevalent places, or, or it's, it's, a, it's a platform to talk about men's cancer, things that affect a man, right? Like, so we have in our restrooms, grow a pair, what it stands for, and guys, have you checked, uh, have you gotten your prostate checked? It's an uncomfortable situation. Guys don't like to talk about getting a thumb up their ass or a finger up their ass. No one talks about it. They don't want to talk about it. No one talks about their balls getting groped, but you need to. I guess I'm alone there. Yeah. You might die. Mm. I mean, That's called you know. pegging. Um. <laughs> Only if you make eye contact, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, dude, I go into the barbershops. The reason I, I, I was like, watch what you go there. Yeah, and you're like, I, I love, Gilmar clips it up. Next thing you know, you're talking about, yeah. oh, weird. No, uh, sitting down on the I, I love going to each barbershop because I don't really have a loyal barber. I go to like wherever's open at the time because... Yeah. I may have like a Means window. You aren't loyal to a barber. I'm not. I just you talk, you have a loyal barber. Are you, yeah, are you, are you loyal, loyal to the brand at least? Right? I'm loyal yeah, to the brand. That. I am loyal to the brand. Unless I gotta go see but my barber's but not my following son, me to my new office. But my son is eight. He's going he's eight. He's going on eight. But him going and on eight. him and Billy got this connection up in Quakertown. He can't go anywhere, dude. What do you we, mean? We, it's, him and, we have families Bill, that have three kids and him have to and take Billy, them to different Billy's shops. the first person that talks shit to my son. And, like, let him have it. Because my son was, like, in there. He's like, yo, give me a root beer and a pretzel. And Billy's like, whoa, man. Like, you got to get a haircut Fall first. back, like, son. He fought back. And then him and Billy have been going at it for, like, years now. <laughs> Billy's great. But yeah. And, again, I like the camaraderie, yeah, stone breaking, you know what I mean, busting up the chops. And we have... We've created something so special. We have guys that work for guys because they've met at a cigar. We do cigar events. We've done uh, straight razor events. We've done things where father sons come in and like we'll do like you know how to tie a tie, how to tie a bow tie, like just just stuff. How to field how to field strip how to a feel squirrel. Like a man, right? You know what I mean? Like how yeah, to change the tire. We got we got bashed for mm-hmm. the the toxic masculinity stuff. I mean you're, we you're got we got destroyed on that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, but change the, the tire. But, but that's the thing, like, <laughs> that's okay to be yeah, to, to go in on because I do think there's an attack on masculinity. Like it's been, it's been, and I think that's what's caused a lot of problems in today's society. Is the the it's not like it's not like anything to do with the with the rights and equality. It has to do with the fact that men sometimes feel ashamed to be a man, right? And like how they are, you know what I mean? Like, and there's yeah, but I would also think that there's there are people that come to these events that might not have had like some people have a dad yeah and they're just not like i guess they never they're talk, like talk. they don't know how to dad you yeah. know so yeah. i'm sure there's guys that bring well, their you have kids and you like, have people like me who didn't have it, a dad well that yeah that was my my overarching point is that, like, like you probably you have a bow tie dude just, what's up you a bow tie guy yeah definitely no i i used to be a three piece three piece suit you know but now I'm I always, actually lost I'm ripping money and running. on that bet. I thought you were going to show up in a three-piece. I, I just, it's just not, you know, I love it, but it's just not where I'm at. I'm moving barber chairs, you know, like. I heard you I'm have like, a barber chair fetish, according to Nick. Like, you have a whole warehouse of barber chairs. I just, look, 
I've been yeah, I do. I have. A, I, I, I'm taking a trip out to Michigan actually to get two barber chairs. It's he it's was a timeless. Get away from it. Yeah, yeah it's, like, to run. Yeah, it's nah, timeless. Dude. You know, I don't want to buy stuff from overseas. I don't want to. I want to buy stuff that was made in Chicago and Detroit. And people don't understand when you sit on one of these chairs. There's history on this thing. Like we know the history. Of every one of our barber chairs. Like, I know what barber owned it, where it came from. It's not coming from China. It's not It's not a chair that if you stand up on it, you're going to fall face first into the station. I have 400-pound chairs. I got guys that are 200-plus pounds standing on these chairs. We tell them not to. But, like, <laughs> you ain't getting that anymore. It's garbage what's being yeah. made. You know? I feel comfortable sitting in the chair. Yeah, I got barber chairs got in here. Big boy chairs, yeah. dude, little boy dude, chairs, barber whatever. Barber chairs in here would be legit. That's that's what what he knows saying, where to get dude. that. I'll rent them out to you guys, but I'm not carrying them up here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm done, man. I am done. Dude, we should what if we got barber out? chairs, though? Dude, well, well, I, I know. Say. Where, yeah, where are these chairs from? We need some barber chairs. So free- <laughs> Yo, second time you get this chair. You guys are getting clowns for your chairs? I'm getting clowns I feel like a fucking whale sitting in the fucking chair. Listen, I have barber chairs. Chairs at free will. We yeah. we've put barber chairs in different places. We oh, in their wine in their wine uh, their sour dude, wine. Legit basement. three barber chairs in here. I'll shout you out every podcast. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, this, this podcast is brought to you by right. Modern Mail. Right. These three chairs right here. Our asses are mm. yeah <laughs> sitting. No, yeah. So we we put all this together pretty quickly. This space came available because the woman ran for office and lost. Let's go. So, let's go. Fire <laughs> shotgun. Boom, boom. So she had to pack up her, her stuff, and we were like, oh, what's up with that space upstairs? So we, we moved up here, space. and uh, we were going to set the studio up, and then I was like, dude, we need to get chairs and everything. So I ordered everything real quick off Target, Target, and... Uh, He's been living. Uh, from, I've been, been living from his mistake ever I, since. Yeah, I've been hearing about my mistake in the chairs ever since. So day, day two is much more comfortable in the chairs. I will admit. I'm no, these chairs are nice. Just Dude, not legitimately, chairs. last <laughs> night I came here and I just kicked your fucking chair all night long. Like I kicked it from different angles. <laughs> it feels softer. You're today. like, oh, it's softer today, and I'm like, yeah, I dropped it from with the elbow off that chair over there. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wear it. Top in. rope. Yeah, we can we can set up some chairs here. Yeah. Dead serious. I would do that. Put a barber station over there. I'm going to have a cocktail bar. Oh, that'd be he sick. scraps chairs for other chairs for parts. Like, I do. Well, parts. you have to. Well, like yeah, you be, there's well, hydraulic compression there. Yes. Right? And it, you have to Nobody's doing this anymore. So the, you, it, it, it's just like. Uh, People like, do that with cars, though, too. No, it's fucking I'm makes, just obsessed great. with what I do in the sense of barbering. And it's there's a balance, right? Work-life balance or whatever. But, you know, eventually. There's going to be people or someone, a young man, or I'm going to have 100 barber shops across the country and multiple barber schools, which that's the direction that we're going in. I'm going to need chairs. So I'm collecting these. There's, there is the 75-year-old. It's the pandemic. I went, I went bonkers buying stuff. I mean, I probably was my, – my wife, we just bought – <laughs> I'm 38 years old. I just bought my first house. Okay. And my wife told me that if, if I – open up another shop before I buy a house, she's going to leave me. And that's how, like, I have a 2012 Honda, like, I'm still driving around, right? Like, there's just, there's dedication, perseverance, and the the barber chairs in the collection, I have barber poles that are sitting lying dormant. They're going to go on a, on a shop one day. They're, they're going to go on a shop. They're going to be somewhere 
And I don't want to buy that that stuff like, you know, you can buy a barber pole on Amazon right now for for 100 bucks. And that's what a lot of other people open up a barber shop and they got money and they just put like 30 grand into it. Like just it's all brand new stuff. Yeah. And then they think that's going to like back up their customer service. Like, look how cool our shop is, but your customer service sucks. So all the stuff that you just spent money on just went out the window because your customer service is terrible. When I was you know? getting my hair cut in Doylestown, your cabinet guy came by. That built Kenneth, it. he was awesome. He's like he was loved. He he made He's this the like man. he made this bookshelf that for the break room. It was like a bookshelf that slid shut. He was like admiring his work. He he, he I don't think he'd seen it since like we got installed. No, he hasn't. Uh, he sent me. F- so you were there. He sent me yeah, photos yeah, of him getting yeah. a haircut. Yeah, he he did a great job. You know and. Um, <laughs> Yeah. See, he's actually going to be hopefully uh, potentially doing our next shop, uh, Kenneth. He's a he's a good dude. Um, Apparently in the morning, because it's an old train station, and for years this lady's been, like, taking showers in there in the sink. Mm. Like, they told you about that, too? Two to three weeks, yeah. Man, they just, they're just letting it all out, huh? <laughs> now, now people are thinking, like, you know, I come, you cannot no, come to the Doylestown location <laughs> and take a shower. Disclaimer. I'm making that real clear so right they put, now. They put locks on the doors for the, for the bathrooms. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. We had to. I mean, yeah, there was a... Unfortunately, there was a particular person who um, was... Karen. Just using a, 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 a lot of paper towels and... Shoving them instead of in the trash can because they weren't used for anything but to dry themselves or ba- like you know just kind of wash themselves. They were f- putting them in a toilet. Yeah, washed <laughs> away the DNA evidence. I guess. I mean, or put it in a trash can and Sept is going to come pick it up. You know what I mean? Like it was just uh, when you're at a train station, there's characters. So we were at the it, Lansdale yeah. train station yeah. and we're at the Doylestown train you station. You are at Lansdale train station, yeah. And uh, people are like, "Well, you're in Doylestown. What's the problem?" Like. It's a train, and the train brings in characters, you know, so. No, that's a fact. Got to take it, right? Dude, but yeah. thanks thanks for bringing us these glasses. Yeah, man, absolutely. I had, I felt, uh, well, so we have some, we have uh, we have our own blend of uh, Nic- Nicaragua, Nicaragua cigars, Nicaragua. A, a tobacco blend. Yeah. So I was going to bring you guys some cigars, but I'm going to have them, uh, I'll have uh, Chelsea, my assistant, ship them out to you. Wish we could smoke cigars in here. Uh, we've already been accused of smoking weed in here. So what's cigars? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I just uh, get like a fan going. The next, the next office we do, we're definitely going to do some sort of fan system. We're gonna do, we gotta do some sort of like loft, big open space. Yeah, yeah, something for so a compound. Yeah, our industrial. Our dreams is we want a compound. We want a farm with like a big, like a, a club, big, a clubhouse, like a clubhouse, like but a big old man fort, like little rascals. But we're gonna but 2021. We'll put We'll put our cabinet. Right. We have a cabinet shop, right? so we'll put our bigger cabinet rascals. shop in there. Yeah, bigger rascals. We'll put our offices in there, but then we'll also put like you know all of our hobbies and shit in there. Yeah, cars. Yeah. So where are you guys taking your uh, to the moon with Bitcoin? like you have? So you, you have your business now, right? Your the, the, you know, and then now you have your podcast, right? So like, what's where did the podcast come from for you guys? Like, because I I was coming in here, I was like trying to do my research and listening, and uh, some of them I listened to, I was like, oh man, I don't. I'm going to get roasted on air or something. <laughs> I was a little nervous we, coming we've here. We've definitely gone through lots of variants of, like, and if you stuck with us for, as a listener, thank God, but, like, the production value, like, Gilmar didn't used to sit in on all of them. Now he's, like, he's here, like, making sure, like, we look good, sound good. Um, we got cameras coming. Cameras are coming. So, like, the whole idea is we have other podcasts we host, 
So like they'll come in and use the space. Oh, nice. So I can, so I can use this. We don't host them. We yeah. produce them. So like you say, yeah. you wanted to make a show. We have like the, so we have like the home building business. Um, so we do like new homes. We do the remodels. Um, then we have like the wood shop and the wood shop for a while um, just supported like our construction. It's pretty much just going to feed our business. Be- yeah, yeah. Just because we needed like we do higher end construction and like that requires like every now and then you need just something weird. Like you need bench tops, you need different things made and like going to someone or like finding someone to make that thing for you. And then those people are busy or like, there's always that thing. So we're like, we're just going to cut out the middleman and do the shop. You got to be the full market. You know, that's the one thing I tell my barbers all the time. Like, um, we, you know, uh, do, do, do you have the landscaper come to your house and then the snow remover company and then the lawn mowing company and then the boom, boom, boom? Or do you say, hey, we're going to be the full gamut? Like, what do you need for your house? I have it covered, right? Like, we actually have. So, one of our that. business is a concierge business where yeah, we, we don't take literally called concierge. We don't take that many customers. They have to pay a monthly entry fee, but for that, they get access to us and all of our, our tradespeople. To go in and like repair, so it's like a mini. It's like it's like a mini. Like we, what we do best in construction is project management, um, and organization, and like the relationships. Like, like that's what drives a good project. And then like those projects inevitably need need to be maintained forever. Yeah. And then so you've built this relationship up with the customer. So it's like, well, we need to. We can't charge them what we charge them to like be here all the time. But we can't, like, just go free will with this. So, like, we decided, like, all right, we'll set up a paywall. We'll create, like, this membership, you know, platform. And, you know, it won't be for everybody, but we don't need it to be for everybody. We're really just trying to help our customers that need help. We're not trying to sell this, to like, for everybody. We just want to yeah. help the people that and need And then you it. have your, and have your, the your system in place. contractors in the sense that you work with that if someone needs something... You're like, hey, we got this company. Oh no, for sure. You know, yep. and then you're 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 like the liaison to the company. You're speaking their language. Like, hey, look, they, this is what they want. This is what the homeowner wants. Yeah, or we the, all. You know. So we we're like, make a, sure that it's like a white glove single source provider. Because like someone to call a plumber that doesn't know a plumber, or like they're traveling, or, or, or like most people, a lot of our customers are customers we've built homes for, which is like a good testament to like what we do. But they just moved into the areas, you know, majority of them. They don't know plumber, electrician, whatever. So, like, we just become their source yeah. of, of everything. So, we got – that's kind or of like our – Or they're busy people. That's kind of like our real estate, like, construction, renovation. Then we do some development where we develop properties. Like, that – my my strong background is, like, has been that, even though, like, we've moved. But, like, we do approvals and development and fine land and stuff like that. But um, then the, we got – Then we got the media company. And then the media company, like, is – is it, it started off with us trying to help people, um, trying to connect people and like bring people together. Because I think, you know, with social media and and people just don't connect anymore. They don't know how to talk. Like we said that on our podcast a lot. Like nobody knows how to debate and not get personal. Mm-hmm. So like we may have, even have a conversation, even just a simple. So our, our an idea is like bring people throughout the community and let's let's create a community of of. A com- around a, conversation. A business people. Yeah, just around conversation, having good conversations and just, like, have good conversation. People, I'm sure people got value from hearing, like, how, you know, you create your vision and you follow, like, you follow, like, your plan. Like, all that. Like, people need to hear that stuff because there's not enough of that juice 
no out there right no, now. No, you think there's like this this silver bullet, this magic. And I've I've spent I still spend money. Um, there's a few people I listen to. There's some things that I've invested in, um, like uh, Darren Hardy, uh, the Compound Effect is a book. Um, Servant Leadership, um, Andy um, Frizzella. Frizzella, I I went through the seventy five hard program. Um, like I got a tattooed on my thigh. I mean, it was like game changer for me. Um, I've invested in myself, and it's important, you know, when you're around someone. Like the other day, I was on the phone with a a, a hair industry guru, and the, he just said at the end of our conversation, he said perseverance, and that's all I needed to hear was perseverance. You know, it's it's I always ask people, what's your threshold of pain? You know, what's your financial roof? You know, like I, I decided not to open up or buy a house for years because I kept investing. I had financial advisor that I'm now starting to invest in because he wanted me to do things years ago, and I just I wasn't ready. I was investing in um, other shops. We have our own pomade company now. You know, yeah. it's that's a whole nother business for us. It's a whole nother yeah, level of it's a whole nother business, and it's like constant. Like I could have bought a bigger house. I could have had a nicer car. And for me, where I'm at, I had to make a choice. Do I invest in this new business, this new venture? Like I said before, with this cut jacket thing, um, this partnership with Canada, it's it's money, it's time, it's energy. And I'm like, well, I could be watching Chicago PD right now, which is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, shout out you know? to Chicago PD. Yeah, I do. Bam. <laughs> but do I watch this or do I endlessly kind of scroll like i took social media off my phone for eight months nine months and it was like freeing it was very freeing and what you were saying like you know the barber shop for us we have blue collar white collar black white asian vietnamese and they're all sitting next to each other and they're equal like that's you don't get that in the in many places unless they're bald because then you're in a barber shop, you're not e- you're not equal in a barber shop. I'm bald, bro. Come on, yeah, man. I know, Jeez. I, I no saw pa- I got we got a pomade company, and people are like, "What do you know about pomade, dude? You're bald, you know? Beard, yeah. It's like, beard, a, it's like a skinny chef. Shout out Gilmore. Yeah, dude, he's got a Peloton. He's skinny as shit. What, now. what do yeah, you know? Up? Right. So it, you have to evolve, and you know, I think that in business. You have lanes, but those lanes, you know, are are uh, different avenues or, or in your lane, you can have multiple businesses in that lane. And that's where we're at. Like, you know, so right now I'm going to Florida. Do people ever get critical of that? Like, do people yeah. ever be like, what, like, why would you just stick with the barbershops, man? Yeah. Uh, so uh, SMP um, is something I'm going to uh, Boca Raton to get trained on in March, where I will now be uh, tattooing uh, hairlines, receding hairlines, uh, balding in the crown area. Men like myself who are 100% bald, they are tattooing, which makes it look like hair follicles. And it looks like someone literally decides to shave their head all the time but has a full head of hair. So I had a friend of mine go, Hmm. That's like not, a, like stippling, like where they do that. Like it's just on, like boom, yeah, boom, okay. boom. Yeah, it's a shading certain, you know, your colors and your water and your That's whites. Intense. And um, men are paying four thousand, five thousand dollars for it. Damn. And um, I had a client who did it. I drove to New York. No one in the Philadelphia suburban area is doing it. Four grand. Went People up there pay a lot. Of three bald times. is like a thing. You know? Like 
Being you, men don't like now. I'm blessed because I do have a very nice shaped head. You got yeah, nice my head. my brother, my, my brother's portion properly. Or he's not actually he's bald. bald. <laughs> he's not bald. He just keeps his head completely shaved. Because uh, yeah. his hair's like I guess he does. I think inevitably he's gonna go bald. So he's just like fuck it. I'm just gonna go bald. I'm just gonna shave my head. And uh, dude, his head's like this perfect little like. I'm yes. like, dude, when he, fin- when he finally shaved his head completely, I was like, "Hey, you look dude, good." This, I was like, right? "Dude, this is a look for you, yeah. man. Like, this actually works." God only made a few good heads and used hair to cover the rest, right? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a great defense mechanism. Oh yeah, people were like, you're a, "Oh yeah, you're a bald barber." I mean, I used to, I get it all the time. You're a bald barber. Like, what do you know about cutting my? I only got time like, to come out here. Yeah, like you know, you're fat. So why are you in the gym? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like you're doing what you're doing, right? You know, I used so. to have a fat trainer in city fitness when i used to wit jp he was big he's a good trainer yeah, now <laughs> i mean trainers i could rip you and him too. apart right now oh no <laughs> oh, it's been a while no, yeah, where's you know, he at <laughs> he's not here um yeah yeah so you're going down to florida yeah i'm going to florida because it's the evolution of there's people that we have seventeen thousand clients okay you, you, there's three percent, four percent that would have that done. I don't want them driving in New York, like, you know, uh, hair hair replacement for men. You know, hair systems. There's men who are wearing wigs. Guys that are thirty years old, twenty five years old, they don't want to be bald, and they're paying like, money for that. Is that a bigger thing than we realize? Like wigs and yes. things like that. There's a lot of people that haven't done so. My friend, a good friend of mine, why are you doing that? That's not modern male barbershop. That's 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 like you know you're 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 getting out of your lane, mm. and I said, well, number one, I'm not doing it in every shop. It's going to be one location, and to me, a client or a patron who walks into a barber shop but might go up to the second floor and have a service done, no one knows what's being done. So you're walking into a shop, and all of a sudden you go upstairs and have SMP done, or you have a, a system, a hair system replacement, or whatever. No one knows you, you have that You don't get embarrassed done. by doing that. No, there's guys that walk into those places. It's like going into some of the other places that they don't want anyone to know that they're walking into. The, ru- like, the rubby, rubby, tuggy, yeah, tuggy, tuggy. Yeah, yeah I, go to the, I go to the one right here across the street. I, I mean, you know, they do that. They put their head down like, I'm just getting a massage. No, you're not. Everybody knows why they're going in there. You know what I mean? Like, And they're like... Like in the most secrete, pl- or, you know, it's like right there in your face on three oh nine, and and you're like, you're not walking into the office furniture place, buddy. It's got neck like, pain, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, guy needs a haircut. Does he? I don't know. Maybe he's <laughs> maybe he's having something else done, right? Like you know. So you don't know, but it, they feel comfortable. And again, it's not be, it's being done in a barber shop. Most places don't offer that. It's just high end, fancy salon um, do you guys do like manicures or pedicures or any we don't we have people that ask and then so like every time you evolve in business you just get people that are like why are you doing that right like modern male has women barbers now okay so uh, i gotta break this down real quick we were like super like we have uh 10 commandments in the barbershop and I think it says twice, no girlfriends allowed. No girlfriends, right? So then mm-hmm. people interpreted that as like, you know, whisper down the rain, like, like no women. No, it's no girlfriends. So if no you drama. Were a kid, no drama, right? If you were a kid and you were 16 years old and you brought your girlfriend into a barbershop, we had printed out like from Google, like ugly kid with braces or pimples. So we'd be like, hey, did you, you know what little Jimmy over here looked like last week? And we would show his girlfriend a picture, right? Half of them never came back, the guys. They were, like, <laughs> they were mortified. <laughs> but moms, I was raised by a single mom, 
My mom, my mom always did right by me, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I love, you know, moms and, and single moms, and, and they work hard just like, any, you know. So we created an atmosphere where we're like, look, don't bring your girlfriend here. Women are more than welcome. Your, your wife's welcome. The barbers are respectful. So we had women who tried to get employment at Modern Mail. They were cosmetologists, regardless, whatever, but they were not Modern Mail um, material, like in the sense of the way they conducted themselves, their professionalism. So it wasn't because they were a woman. It was just like, this isn't going to work out. They were thoughts. Now we have women who are barbers. They're professional and now we have people being offended that we have women barbers in our barbershop. We have women being offended that there's women in our barbershop cutting hair. Like, it's just like, this is the evolution of what we're doing. And it's better. It's a better environment. And we're employing people who are licensed barbers. We need to get a sound bite. I don't know who's, who, whose voice it is, but the one who's like, get out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can we get that one? I'll, I'll it's definitely it. like Al Pacino from something. Get out of here. Good, the Goodfellas or something. Yeah. Because I, you know. Yeah. So it's it's like, when we hear stuff like that. We you know, when you have people the, say, why yeah. are you doing that? I'm like, I'm They're doing jealous. it. No, I'm doing it now. Now I'm like, I, I'm on to something. I've had a lot of people be like, why are you opening the cabinet shop? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? So, you know, why, yeah, a lot of well, I had a lot, a lot of people like, like, why'd you get a partner? And then all this other shit just happened after him. Then they're like, oh, dude, look what the partner did. You got a cabinet shop. <laughs> one of the best, one of the best what compliments I got. Because um, getting a partner was a big decision, I think, for both of us, right? Yeah. Because partnerships either go really bad yeah. or yeah. like, or they go really, really well or, like, terribly bad. Yeah. Um, there's, and yeah, there's no moderate. My partner. whole network was like, why are you getting a partner? I was like, look, man, like, John can do a lot. But what if I pair with, like, my opposite? But one plus one doesn't equal two. Like, one plus one could equal, like, ten or a hundred with us. I was a lot less eloquent with my explanation. Very few people ask me anything, usually. I was like, well, have you ever seen the movie Double Dragons? Right, when their swords connect and then they become like the Double Dragons? I was like, there you go. And they were like, well, no, I've never seen that movie. And I was like, well, go watch the movie and then come back and ask me the question. Yeah, yeah so, so it's just kind of so, it's a Double Dragon scenario. But it's one of the best decisions like that I've ever made. And I think the best decision like he's ever made and, like now. Aside from getting Rambo. Aside from the dog, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that really calmed you down. That was good. Yeah, we're doing better. Doing better with Rambo, <laughs> but your 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 partnership, just like anything, right? Like a win win doesn't happen overnight, and that's you know I talk about that with my employees. Like um, we want to create a win win, right? Like I'm here, you're here, Modern Mail, we're on the same playing field. But what's our common goal? What are we working towards? And when you have that common goal, it, there's bumps in the road. It's it's it can especially with partnerships, it can be a little rocky. And what's the direction that we're going in? But where are what's our end goal? You know, like, do you want to make a million dollars by yourself and it takes you 20 years? Or you can make a million dollars with a partner or a mutual partner in the sense of working towards a common goal and you do it in five years. And then you're moving into other things, right? Like, And, we, and then know, in the, by 20 years, you're making $100 million. So where like, you never make that before. And then with us, it's, it's, it's also like we both didn't want to suck and drain the business drive like cash. Like a lot of partners would say, all right, at the end of the year, what do we got left? We're going to split that. Yep, 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 yep. Where is is we try to minimize the a little amount of money as we can to take out of the business. I would say that's um, probably one of the things, like in thinking about it right now, that's probably one of the things that would have been 
or is still most critical about the success of our relationship is like we agree with like how money needs to be handled um and then i also think like financially neither one of us is like in a position that we need to take more out of a business than that business is capable of providing um i've been in situations before where like to no fault to those people they just like they want to build a business up to a certain size, but they, they require to take so much blood out of that business all the time that you're never going to get those muscles. You're, you're never going to get big enough to get to that goal that you have for yourself because you keep taking. Well, yeah, again, it's what's your, what's it's your hard threshold discipline. of pain? Yeah. yeah, it's discipline. What is your pain tolerance? Do you want the, the maybe you guys could have the uh, 600 Mercedes right now, but maybe you want um, college funds. You want camera, like whatever it is oh, for the future. Tons, there's tons of stuff that like I want to. The biggest buy, thing is that people why? are. Sh- I just don't. I don't understand the short sighted or the, the they're near sighted. They can't see past their nose. Maybe their nose is too big. No, it's or it's too small. I don't know. You can't. There's things that I've done in my life. 10 years ago that put me in an opportunity now and I never knew it. Like there's things that I'm able to do with my life now that I didn't envision me doing. I wasn't like, I'm going to take my daughter to school every morning. I never, I didn't think about being able to take my daughter to school, but I can, you know, or how great is that? that? It's, it's amazing, but there's a great sacrifice that comes with that. And again, the sacrifice when you have a passion and, and, and a burning to do what you're doing, there there's it's not that it's unstoppable, it's not that things don't happen, but you know, like I know for me there's gonna be a, a board of people that exist that I don't even know who they are, and Modern Male Barber Academy is going to bless a young man or a woman in twenty years from now, fifty years from now. I'm gonna be dead. And they're not even like, oh, yeah, Nikki DeBarba, he's the founder. <laughs> and, like, whoop de do, right? There's a picture of me and with the glasses. With like a barber chair, like many barber chairs and a, and a barber pole. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, right? Like, who, who cares about that guy? But I'm doing what I'm doing. And I know that I'm not going to reap some of the benefits of what I'm doing. You know, I could have a shore house or a vacation home. And I'm choosing not, I'm okay with that. Like, me personally, that's not. What I care to do, I want to be able to leave something behind because you can't take wealth without giving wealth back. And a lot of people just, like you said, they want to build up a business and just suck it dry, sell it. They leave everybody behind. They leave the employees behind. Well, sometimes the mentality, like, isn't even that aggressive. Like, the mentality that I see is, like, people just, they think that it's just, like, their idea of the way things should be. Or the way they're just like, yeah, that's how it is. It's like, like we, when you interview people, it's like, well, I need this much money a week. Mm. And like, mm. sometimes when you hear it from people, the number's like real high based upon like what skill set they have, which is just like, is what it is. And you're like, so let me understand this. Like you've made a lot of poor decisions, which have led to you to have a lot of debt or have you done things that like you made a mistake and like now I'm supposed to or my business is supposed to burden that even though the like 
like we pay above the industry probably for a lot of things because like we do higher quality or we care or we have you know the family so we help our team out yeah. but like when you meet people outsiders you're like you need what because what reason and it's like oh yeah i can't come to work for you this is what i need and it's like well like how do you ask for that or like people will start businesses like i've had friends start businesses and they're just they look at me like i'm an alien but at the same time they're like oh yeah i started my business like of course i'm gonna take you know august off and go to the beach it's like oh mm-hmm. do we like yeah you know, i'm like you don't understand that like that's like it's that so foreign to me that like getting the reward before you like earned it that it's like i'm like i just don't even i'm like where did you how did you get to that place where you just like you think like i sh- you know what i i had kids you know i own a business but like i had kids so like i should i'm gonna drive my kid to school every day but your business is fucking failing and like your employees are waiting for you in the morning while you drive your kid to school. It's yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah it's like you want to have this business and the business is supposed to be supporting your family and like the supporting your family, like that's your protection. Your job is to protect that unit. And then like your employees are also part of your family. So like you're also not protecting them. Yep. So get the fuck out of business. Like just shut down, just close your doors. Like you are putting everybody in your in on your team at risk. You are you are either extremely selfish or you're ignorant and selfish. And when I interact with those people, I just like I've learned that like I cannot be friends with you anymore. Even if we've been friends our whole life. And I know that sounds like to some people that might just sound ridiculous that I personally cannot get past that. But when I look at like, could you sit across from like some like a, a pedophile? You know what I'm saying? No, you absolutely couldn't do that knowingly, like, participate in that. But, like, I can't knowingly sit a, sit across from someone who doesn't take their self, take themselves seriously and their responsibilities seriously yeah, yeah. if you think you share the same responsibilities as me. Like, you think we we wake up this every day and we do the same thing? We do business? Like, you're not doing the same thing as me. Like, you're, you're, pre- you're like, you're not even practicing business. <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry, I got a little fired up there. <laughs> that's not a fired shot. That's not like that a shot at the one person. There's at least eight people that can take that fucking straight to the face right now. No, there's a lot of people, you know, like, like social media and entrepreneurship and the entrepreneur spirit. Like everybody thinks they're an entrepreneur because they have an idea or they know how to do something. But you, you got to wear the hats. Like, have you heard the term entrepreneur? Entrepreneur, like somebody that like wants want to, to be an yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah, like, I have. You're not an entrepreneur, yet. bro. You're just a entrepreneur. Like, you my just want. You, you want. You're not doing it yet. You just like. My old mentor told me, um, I was very fortunate to grow up. Uh, at 17, I got an apprentice program with the Troilo family, and um, he said, "There's people who are meant to be owners and business leaders, and there's people who are meant to be employees." And he said that to me as like. <laughs> You're an employee. <laughs> 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 he wasn't like, yeah, Nick, you should go do your own thing. You're the department. He was like, my bad. Yeah, like, gave you the wink. <laughs> it was humbling because they gave me a lot of responsibility. And then when I when I talked out of line or was like, you know, why why don't we do this? And they're like, you know, you don't know why we're not doing that. But I'm like, well, I just saw like you know, the, the smaller picture and they're like, look, man, you know, what's short term, midterm, long term, what you're thinking is short term. It's going to affect the long term. What you're thinking is midterm. It's going to affect the short and the long term. So it put things into perspective of what am I doing now? And how's that going to affect me in, you know, um, five years from now, or 10 years from now, like I'm 38. I hope that 
Nikki the Barber at 50 is like, my man, Nikki at 38, thank you for setting me up for success. Thank you for doing what you did. Thanks for doing um, the 75 hard. Yeah, like, because I'm, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm financially stable, I'm this, that, and the third, whatever. But what, you know, what we put in now is what we get out later. And we don't know how later it's going to be. You know, could be ten. You could be five years. It could, could be, be six years, months. You never know. I mean, like, it yeah, could but be that's like the, that's, that's the other side of the coin, though. That like some of those people that like my 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 issue is with the people that like want to be those things and they're either lying to themselves or they like know they aren't those things and they're they're keeping it going. My issue is not with like the employees or the people that like want to go home and enjoy their family because like there's the opposite of that coin too where like we work really hard, but there's also people that are like, hey man, I, I don't want to work as hard as you because I want to enjoy, you know, the time I'm with the kids every day. Yeah. Look, so, like, I, I have to read this to you. I have <laughs> notes and I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I have to write a note in my note thing or two o'clock whatever during the day so i wrote an owner is not an owner when he becomes an owner an owner is an owner before they own anything they own their own responsibilities their own tasks at hand their own failures i have exercise care they have they exercise characteristics uh that money cannot buy um you, you don't just say you're going to do something and all of a sudden you become that. Like, I'm going to open up a barbershop, so now I'm an owner. Well, you were a crappy employee before. You treated everyone like crap. You cutthroat everybody. You did things that were inappropriate and unethical, and now all of a sudden you think you're going to change because you opened up a brick and mortar? No, you're not. You're going to be the same person. You know, there, there's you, you know, I have guys like, why, you know, why aren't I this or why aren't I in this position? It's like, well, you can't get paid to be trained. You know, like a lot of small businesses that's, dude, can't that's afford one. that. You, you corporate America, you know, like oh, you're fresh out of school. I'll give you fifty grand. Six months later, they realize you're terrible. We can afford to write off the thirty grand we already paid you. I can't pay someone ten grand and go, hey, uh, can you give me that ten grand back? Because you actually weren't worth the ten grand, and you never earned it. You never produced an ROI on the ten grand. That hit, that's at hit, least that eleven hit, grand. That hit, that hits home like last week. We've had we had a situation like that like recently. That's so like that's pretty. It's that's hard. A, that's a that's a fresh wound. Yeah, for it's us. hard. I mean, my, like I I gotta say big shout out to my barbers right now. Our team is amazing. They are committed guys. They believe in the mission. They believe in what we're doing, and they work very hard. And 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 we really do have an amazing team of of barbers, team leaders. How many barbers do you have right now? I believe we we have close to twenty eight. And like, how do you conduct? Like, do you have like a team meeting, like a, a like a rah rah meeting every week? Or we like, how have do you do that? Uh, co communication is key, right? So, um, you know, back in the day, the old boss or the old Stone Age guy had all the people in the bottom of the ship rowing, and he just screamed at them and told them what direction to go in and threatened them. Mm. Um, we have clear uh, uh, transparency in our organization. We 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 are very honest with our people financially. We let them know where we're at, um, the direction that we're going in. We have EPAs, employee performance agreements. We have them quarterly. What are your goals? So you told me you wanted to buy a new car. So when I see a guy not showing up, we have the EPA. We say, hey, hey Jimmy, uh, you said you wanted to buy a new car this year. Well, you've been not sh you haven't been showing up to work. Your uniform is looking crinkly. Um, your retention is not that good because you're smoking cigarettes and smelling coffee, or the way you've been talking to some of the other patrons is not appropriate. You are now directly having effect on what you want. It's not about us. You come to Modern Mail. How can we help you get to your goal? Right, that common win-win situation. E 
employee performance agreement. Mm -hmm. We have logical, right? Like, what do you physically need to be doing? What do you emotionally need to be doing? And we set goals. So at the end of the quarter, you should hit 30 grand. How do you do that? We rewind back the 30 grand and say, you need to see X, Y, Z clients. We give them the whole full gamut. It's your choice to put the work in, though. You cannot make anyone do that, right? Like, they have to perform but why? So are you doing like four of those meetings a week or is there just we one week a quarter where quarterly. you just fucking crush it all out? And quarterly we do it and then we do quarterly team meeting. We meet with our managers, team leaders uh, once a month um, and uh, on Zoom. And then physically we get together and do dinner, have conversation with them. And then on Tuesday morning, they would have conversation with their team and say, okay, guys, here's where we're at this week, right? Like, So you have, you like, know, fire team leader, and then they go yeah. to each store. Who's the guy like, that runs around and, like, makes sure everything's running? He was, like, so he, right brought, now, like, he brought, like, business cards. He was changing the door lock. Like, who's that, that good? So Paul is a barber, and Paul is a handyman that came up through our academy, and he's amazing. On Tuesdays, he'll do switch out a screen door. Uh, he'll paint and touch up the academy. He'll do. He also fired up your employees lunch. like in a positive way when he came in. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like they were they were sitting there, and like he came in, like gave him business cards, like fired them up, like. And after after he left, like the whole energy and the whole place like had changed. Paul is a dedicated guy to the mission, and that energy reflects his belief. You have commitment and compliant. Commitment is. I'm I'm here because I want no we don't put a gun to any one of our employees has to make them come to work they choose but then you have commitment which we have a very good team that's committed to the mission they understand no one does anything until they understand the benefit for themselves right like why should yeah. I do this well how does it directly benefit me I know you're asking me to do it but mm. well let me show you why if you do this and and introduce every new client to all the barbers it benefits you because that client feels at home you just made them instantly feel like i know frankie and jimmy and rachel and johnny i feel like a part of this place right like that's why it benefits you okay does it benefit the customer and the team and the organization right why does it benefit um like uh wh what was your question i'm sorry I just went off. Team leaders and there was how do you else. how do you do the performance reviews with all the people? Yeah, EPAs. And who the dude was. Or Paul, we talked about that. Oh, man, it's just, team was, leaders. Yeah, my my question was like, how often are you meeting or like to have like a, like a rah rah like meeting? We uh, once a week. Yeah. The team leader. We talk to our team leaders once a week. How many team leaders do you got? Uh, six right now, and then we have our GM Ray. So between me, Ray. We run the shops, and then my brother Vinny is the head instructor at the academy, and then I'm in there with him as well. So you have to become a – if you want to grow, you have to become a teaching organization, right? Like, my name was in everything, right? Like, you know, it was everywhere. Now it's like, you know, who, <laughs> you hear who runs squeaking what? In the I have the same thing. <laughs> I, just say, I try to hide that at my house. I got the same squeaky thing, and I'm like, man, let me tuck this in the closet. <laughs> So, Rambo. yeah, no, it's you have to be a teaching organization and explain to people why, why are they joining your team? Like, we don't want anyone that's not committed. You know, there's that's what I was talking about commitment and compliance. Yeah, oh, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And then they don't do it. And you're like, why are you not doing this? Yeah, I, it, call, but, I call them prisoners. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they're not in prison. You're in prison. You're in prison, and the other employees who work with them are in prison, not them. They're 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 in, they're loving life. They do whatever they want, and they get paid. There are there are like certain ways that you have to teach people. Like some people are like, 
they have knowledge, they don't have the will. Like so, you got to be like. Then there's some people that who don't have the knowledge, but they have like the motivation. So you got to look. Teach. You have, and you have skills like, and behaviors. Yeah, I'd a, rather have somebody that is motivated. Yeah, and knows because I don't think you can teach hard work, or it takes a really long time to rub off. Yeah, it's it is contagious. It is contagious, but there's my one of my faults is that I love people and. I was a loser, and I had someone, my mentors, the Troilo family, believed in me, mm. and they gave me a chance. I tried to hit a woman the first day I ever worked at the shop because she disrespected me. I mean, that's how raw I was. I was a loser, and the son called me out on it, called me out and said, you're a loser, before I even came in. He said, you, you ain't going anywhere in life, and why don't you come into the salon sometime and see what you think? And that was resonated on me throughout my life. I believe in people. I don't bean count. I could, I'd fire people all day long based on beans, not performing or this, that, and the third. They, people need to be cared for and loved. And when you treat them like a human being, they respect that. We have guys that went to rehabs multiple times. We didn't throw them out like a piece of trash. We loved them and cared for them and got the help that came alongside them as much as we can. And they're with us still to this day and they're prospering and they're booming. Is there a place in time when some people have to go when they are like such behavior issues that they aren't willing to change and aren't willing to see? Yeah. But too many people also bean count. You know, you're not performing. You know, like our EPA is is not just about like numbers. Like, hey, you were supposed to hit 830 haircuts this quarter and you only did 650. It's like, are you okay? What's going on? Yeah, you uh, said it was more about like what they can do on their professional, personal, emotional life. To get to their goal, and you let them set like kind of like what their goal is. Yeah, so they hold themselves and how can we put you in a position to get there? Right. Well, how do we help you get what you want? What do we want? We want multiple locations. Why do we want multiple locations? Well, because there's a lot of crappy barber shops out there, and I don't like the way they're conducting business. And you know, part of it is I want to. I don't want to see them be there. They're they're providing an unhealthy environment for barbers and customers. How do you, that's a good, this is a question for me. How do you handle when like there's other people conducting business and they're, they're taking advantage of people or like conducting themselves in such fashion, but they also think they hold themselves to like the same standard you do. Like, so you have, say you have modern male barbers and then you have like male modern barbers down the street and those people are just fucking scum. Like, how do you handle that? It's hard, man. Um, I, you know, I, I punch a pillow at night. I I scream into it. I pray. Um, I I get angry, and then and then sometimes that anger is projected where I got to be careful because my employees are like, "Whoa, what's going on? Why I'm passionate about what I'm doing, and it's a calling on my life. Like it's a calling. I am called." to do and put people in the positions that I am in. It's a great responsibility and it enrages me. It makes me sick to my stomach. I want to, I want to, I want to go to their, to their front door with a goat and slit its throat and let it bleed out on their property and say, you need to leave this, this place because you are wrong for doing what you're doing. You're a leader no matter what in life, no matter what you're leading, you're leading your family down a direction. You're leading your coworkers, your employees, your loved ones, and you're either leading them in a place of goodness or stagnant of nowhere. Like it's not good. So there's people that are leading other young men and women to the slaughterhouse 
They're not going to be Bilderbergs in five years. They're not even going to be in this industry because of the environment that they were put in. You know, there's barbers paying uh, people cash. They're they're uh, ten ninety nine. They're not even ten ninety nine. They're booth rent. Hey, give me five hundred bucks for that chair a month. Give me three hundred bucks. I don't care what you do. Wear what you want. Smell like what you want. Smoke weed. Wear headphones. Wear sweatpants. That's not a barber shop. These people. There's barber shops in our area that don't even have barbers. You're not a barber. You don't even have a barber license. You didn't go to school for that. So how dare you call yourself a barber? It's very upsetting. And there's no one regulating it. They just Sounds like have a barber shop. Goats. Yeah, that was a little too intense. I'm sorry. Scratch <laughs> it's, it's, no, uh, I it's, fucking love it. You know, we, I want to throw a brick we, through their window. We go through the same thing. We, no, it's upsetting. We, we, we get, there's a lot of people. I get, I get kind of fired up. And, you know, when I see people conducting themselves beneath, you know, beneath what I call, you know, the board standard. Like, I know you're not our company. I know you really don't have any, like effect on us but like you, you, you do a, you the wheel, yes you hurt the industry and then yes. next time i deal with a customer yep. like that they're thinking about the time they got fucked by you and you know what so you do like, this is how you this is how i silence them to me i'm a very competitive person and i keep it very low-key i'm a i i and how i'm so competitive i want to be better than myself yesterday that's how competitive. I don't care. I don't ever look to my right or look to my left. I don't care who you are. Okay, well, but I want to destroy my model from last week. I want to be better than what I was last year, last quarter, whatever it be. If you want to be better than yourself, no one's going to be better than you. You, if you're growing yourself on such a level of how do I make it better because I know it can be better, and what I knew then, I now know more now. So I have to make that better. I have to constantly revisit the same areas of my business and go, oh, man, I did that last year. Whoops. Well, I met with the account or I met with this new uh, financial. He goes, that was not a good thing. Like, it was okay, right? Like, it's getting by. Your your employees are good. But I'm like, I want health care. I want health benefits. The barber industry, the barber works 13 hours a day, destroys himself. He has no work-life balance. He eats like crap, drinks like crap, drinks like a sailor, multiple relationships, no marriage. My barber's. They're, they're, they're now starting to create a health, health, wealth, life balance. We educate our barbers on finances. So when I have these people who are doing things that are hurting people, it's, it's, it, it hurts. It hurts to see other people. So what, how do you, you outshine them is by having multiple barber shops and people going, oh, you didn't come out of jail? Oh, you're not a high school dropout? Oh, you don't sell drugs on the side? Oh, you don't work another job? You have a wife that stays home with three kids and you have a two-car garage and live in a $350,000, $500,000 dollars house and you're a barber? Whoa, I never heard anything like that. That's how we kill them. That's how we make, when we do things properly, like for our industry, like we have barbers that will have a straight razor in a container that doesn't even touch the barber side. I want a patron to see that and go, oh, I don't want to go there. Or a barber that doesn't sweep up the floor in between clients. That's disgusting. So we do things the right way. Right now with the pandemic, you got these barber shops that aren't wearing masks, right? And and they're just like, well, we're just going to do the patriotic thing and, and the government's not going to get us, so we're not going to wear a mask. Do I want to wear a mask? Do I wear a mask if I don't have to? No, I don't. But I have an obligation with seeing so many people, okay, like throughout the thing, that I have to protect people, okay? Like, whether you believe the, the COVID's real or it's not real, it is real. I know multiple people that got it. I know people that died from it. Most of them were compromised. Yes, they had other underlining issues going on. But 
as a barbershop owner, it's our job to protect the community and to create a safe place. We have people who left us because other employees left and opened up a barbershop here or there, and now they're coming back to us because they're like, they remember what right was right. Now they're like, what they're doing is not what's normal. Modern Mail set the standard. We have clients coming back from all over the place, hour away, miles away, and they're like, oh, I was going to this barbershop, and they were just not taking the temperature, not putting the razor in the barberside, not disinfecting their station before. You're supposed to do that anyway. What's funny is COVID-19, they had all these new regulations for barbershops. And they were all like it's, the same I thing. promise you, it's <laughs> standard. Yeah. Like, you have to disinfect and sanitize before the did next you, patron you know gets in your chair. Well, it's because I work in the rent restaurant industry. So same thing. Same shit. Did everybody let their guard down lower? Oh, shit. Like, like, oh, like now, now, like, I'm like, yo, this is what we were supposed to be doing before the yeah. pandemic. So you're safe. Like, we, we might have dropped 20% of certain things, but, like, you know, you're not supposed to throw Sanic uh, on the floor. Okay? Like, yeah, we would kind of do that and sweep it up. Now we throw it in the trash, right? Like, that's standard stuff. But you have barbershops. Number one, they're shutting down left and right. And I don't wish any ill will on anybody, but... Because uh, of lack of business or good no, business? because they didn't do things the right way. Because they're cutting yeah. in people's garages now. Uh, yeah, like they, they had unlicensed barbers. They had no insurance. They had no money in the bank. Like, they had, you know, oh, we're cash. I go right now and get a lot of money from the bank, even throughout the pandemic, because I was doing things the right way, and it came with a great cost. You know, there was times when I wanted to call the accountant and say, look, I want everybody on 1099. I'm not paying taxes anymore. Like, I'm putting out FICA and MED and all that stuff. And it hurt. I'm like, hey, I could have a, a house or a nicer car. It was like you had to do the right thing. There was times of frustration, but it's paid off now because we've continued to do the right thing. So, you know, it comes with a cost. But when you do the right thing and people remember that. And they come back. They might leave for a cheaper this or a little bit of this, but then they're like, oh, that, that contractor didn't do what you guys did. And they call you and say, hey, can you come out and fix and also rebuild this or do this new addition? Because I did make a mistake and went somewhere else and it uh, wasn't what you guys were, you know? So, Dude, I think we should leave it on that. Do the right thing. Fuck. I'm telling yeah, you, I got man, man up, stay sharp tattooed on my shins, okay? <laughs> man up, stay sharp is do the right thing when nobody's looking, you know? I'll fire somebody if they piss on a toilet seat and don't wipe it up because you're a <laughs> dirtbag. Yeah. You're not doing <laughs> yeah. the right thing. Doing the right thing is in the small things and doing it when no one's looking. And that's society's become, we cut that corner, you know, and it's like it, doing the right thing isn't easy. It's tiring. It's not sexy. It's not fancy. It's hard work, grit, discipline. You know, am I motivated every day to do the right thing? No. But I go to bed at night knowing I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it feels good, you know. And money can't buy that, you know. So do the right thing. Boom. <laughs> Nikki DeBarba. Dude, thanks for coming on. So I appreciate much. you guys I having it took, me. It's been, I mean, I've been talking to you guys so. for how long? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. hey, can I get there? We'll make it, you know. So I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, every That's couple weeks you'd hit us up and be like, oh, we got to get it going. I'm, I'm going to come back. Yeah. You, you know what we should do next time is we should do a podcast from one of your places with, oh, like, yeah, with in, the the, in the studio in the barber place. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, that'd be sick. Be fun. Dude, for sure. You guys should come do it when we do Girl Apparel. I'll come out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you need, man. 
I'll be uh, fun to talk Dude, and about let, us, let us know what I got to do to get some. Dude, I'm serious yeah. about it. We're going to talk these, about that off the fun, air. These fucking chairs <laughs> suck. I already, I already got a contract. I'm going to email it to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's go. So, dude, we got John, Gilmar, uh, myself, Nikki DeBarba, his uh, Instagram. You give your Instagram out one more time. You, both of it's them, it, yeah. Modern Mount Barbershop. I'm I'm I don't even post on there anymore. Um, in uh, Modern Mount Barber Academy. Um, you know, we got modernmountbarbershop dot com, Modern Mount app. You can book it with any one of our um, you know, licensed prof- licensed professionals. Um, you know, on uh, the the website or the app. So, dude, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for the glasses. After uh, yeah, man, podcast. enjoy them, please. I you know, appreciate you guys.